The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. Well, let's open our Bibles and get into the Word of the Lord. And this morning, I'm going to ask you to turn to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. We just heard a very good presentation about getting unstuck, but particularly at the beginning of the year, we're making resolutions. But another thing we do when a new year ensues, we have a tendency to look at our lives and we look at things we've been believing God for. Then we, we begin to consider how long we've been believing God for this, that, or the other. How long it seems to be taken for this thing to manifest in our lives. Some people are believing God for healing. Some people are believing God for deliverance from a habit. Some people are believing God for a real turnaround in their relationship. And, uh, and they're asking themselves, how long? How long is this going to take? Well, what I want to share with you today is that our God is an on-time God. God is never late. He's an on-time God. And if you say, well, it's been taking a long time, I want you to know that time can be your ally, but time can be your enemy. And see, nothing takes God a long time. And see, when things seem like they're taking a long time in your life, you need to understand that time is not for God, it's for you. You see, God's getting you ready. Amen? You've heard me say, and I'll say it again today, that while the blessing of God is always ready for you, we're not always ready for the blessing. And so time ensues until we can get into a place to believe and receive what God has for every one of us. In Genesis chapter 18, uh, one verse of Scripture, verse 14, here Abraham and Sarah were camped out in the plains of Mamre. And Abraham was sitting at the door of the tent because of the heat of the day. And he saw three people approaching him. It was the Lord and two angels. And the Lord began to speak to Abraham. And he began to say to Abraham, this thing you've been believing me for for the last 24 years. It's going to happen. It's going to happen at the appointed time. It's going to happen according to the time of life. And so in verse 14, after the Lord told Abraham that Sarah would have a child, and many of you are familiar with this passage where Sarah laughed while she was in the tent. She heard the Lord say that she would get pregnant. And Sarah sort of laughed it off, saying, well, I have pleasure in my old age. But the time was the right time. It was the set time. It was the appointed time for Isaac to be born, and Isaac would be born the following year. So verse 14 of Genesis chapter 18 says, Is 
anything too hard for the Lord? I'll let you answer that for yourself. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah did have a son, not on Abraham's time, but at the appointed time. And that's what we need to understand. Things don't happen when we want them to happen. They happen in God's set time. You see, God knows the end before the beginning. And God has determined many things by destiny. And so when we're wrestling with time and getting discouraged because it's taking so long, my question to you, how long is long? You see, whatever it takes, we should be willing to submit ourselves to be in the best position to receive the manifestation of God to the glory of God. So everything that happens in life, and that's what nature teaches us. When you look at nature, everything that happens in life is based on God's timing. Think about it. You know, sunrise, sunset, day and night, huh? The seasons throughout the year. All these things are based on God's timing. Is that right? So if it's meant to happen, it will happen according to God's purpose. It'll happen according to his purpose and his will, his desire and his good pleasure. It will happen. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's an opportunity you've been believing God for, whether it's a, a, a job or a promotion on that job. It doesn't matter what it is. It will happen in God's time. Amen? Some people are thinking that maybe you want to start a business this year. Well, it would happen in God's time if this year is your year. Amen? Some people want to get married. And they said, well, how long will it take me to, you know, to meet that special someone? How long will it take? It will happen in God's time. Amen? According to his will and his good pleasure. And those that are married, some are saying, how long is it going to take me to get pregnant? I want to get pregnant. I want to have a family. Some of you want to have a ministry. When will it happen? It will happen according to God's timing. Amen? Now, if it's meant to be, it will be. Let me say it again. If it's meant to be, it will be. Because the kingdom of God is at hand. Huh? The kingdom of God is at hand, and the kingdom is here and now, and the king of this kingdom is an on-time God. This is why the king said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you when? On God's time. Amen? Everything happens on God's time. Now, here in our text, we see that God was an on-time God with Abraham and Sarah. I want you to understand something. Many of us, we think it's been a long time if it's been a few days. 
that we've been believing God for something. A few weeks. And, and, and God forbid it be a few years. We, we're ready to wash our hands, give up on the promise because it hasn't happened. God spoke to Abram when he was in Mesopotamia, living in his father's house. This is Genesis chapter 12. When he was 75 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, Get away from your country. Get away from your kinfolk. Get away from your father's house and go into a land that I will show you. For I will make you a father of many nations. I will bless you and make your name great. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you. And the only way all the families of the earth can be blessed through him is for him to have a descendant. So God said to him, and blessing, I will bless you. I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you. But get up from here and go into the land that I will show you. So Abraham arose in faith, and he began to follow the leading of the Lord. And he did that for 24 years before this passage we just read in Genesis 18. Now, it'll be 25 years before the promise is manifested. Can you believe that anyone would go 25 years believing God for something? Abraham did. Abraham did. And even though he tried to help God out and Ishmael was born and, 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 and Ishmael was not the promised child. Isaac was the child of the promise. But God was an on-time God with Abraham and Sarah, and that same God will be an on-time God with you. We're living in the kingdom of God. That kingdom is within us. And when God makes a promise to us, when God says something to us, it isn't based on time as we understand it. It's based on God's appointed time. After all, we want him to get the glory, right? You see, many times you want something to happen because you want the glory. But no, we want God to receive the glory, and God will not receive the glory until things happen at his appointed time. So for 25 years, Abraham and Sarah were stricken by, by old age. Stricken by old age and time. How long is it going to take? Now, we know he believed God. Genesis 15 tells us he believed God, and God imputed that unto him as righteousness. He believed God now for 25 years before this promise would materialize, before it would be manifested, and he had everything going against him, old age and time itself. Huh? But God was right on time when Isaac was born. Right on time. And I'm telling you, don't give up. Don't give out. Don't quit. Don't stop believing the promise of God. You might say, I've been believing it for years. It hasn't happened yet. Let me tell you something. This isn't a reflection against God. This is about you. If it's taken a long time for the promise of God to manifest in your life, it isn't that God is late. It's that you're not on time. Now, there are two types of time in the kingdom. Two types. There is the word in the New Testament, chronos, 
Then there's another word for time, which is kairos. What is chronos? Chronos is a space of time. Chronos is a duration of time. Whether it's a minute, an hour, a day, a month, a year, a season, anything that can be indicated by the clock or the calendar, that's chronos. You see, we're bound in chronos. But God is not bound or limited to chronos. God is an eternal God. Then on the other hand, there's kairos. Kairos, what is that? It's the appointed time, the set time, according to God's appointed purpose, according to that which is determined by destiny. Every time you receive a manifestation of healing, that's kairos. Every time you receive the heavens open and God pours out a blessing upon your life, that's kairos. It was your appointed time. It was God's appointed time for that promise to be manifested in your life. And so what God does with Kairos, he just breaks through Kronos and he manifests what was already so from the beginning of the world. He just manifests. And anything God manifests in your life, he didn't make it up last week. Whatever God does in any of our lives, it was established in the mind of God before the creation of the world. Before the creation of the world was already established. Amen? And, and so there are two types of time. And so many times we get caught up with the chronos, and chronos will discourage you because you will look at the clock, you will look at the calendar, and then you'll be tempted to give up. But if you really believe the promise of the king and you really believe that his kingdom is inside of you, then you know that what God said is so and it will happen on God's time, not ours. So everything in the kingdom, everything is God being on time. Now we saw for the last couple of weeks, I've been talking to you about the kingdom of God. We saw that John the Baptist, when certain things had been done, John began to preach the kingdom of God is that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John had to wait for Jesus to become of age in order to have a public ministry. See, under the law of Moses, you weren't allowed to enter the priesthood until you were 30 years old. And when Jesus became 30 years old, that's when John began to preach the kingdom of heaven, repent and believe. And he was preparing the way for Jesus to come and complete his public ministry. Then we read in Mark chapter 1, verse 14, after John had been put in prison, then Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom, saying, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Repent and believe the gospel. Here's why we struggle with time, and here's why it takes so long for things to happen in our lives. Because we really don't believe the message. The message was the time is fulfilled. Jesus was saying, this is God being on time. Everything God does is on time. 
And he says, because he's an on-time God, repent and believe the message. Repent and believe the gospel. Don't gloss over that word repent. If you feel like you're going year after year not seeing the promise manifest in your life, not seeing your prayer answer, if you feel like it's been taking too much time, then I want to ask you, have you really repented? Have you repented? Now, repentance is the prerequisite to enter the kingdom. Let me say it again. Repentance is the prerequisite to enter the kingdom. And except a man be born again, he can't see this kingdom. And you're not going to be born again unless you repent. To repent means more than, my God, being emotional. You know, you know, f- feeling, remorse, walking down the aisle, standing before the minister, feeling bad about something you've done. Repentance is so much more than that. Repentance is you changing your mind. Repentance is you thinking differently. Repentance is you having afterthought. What are you changing your mind about? You're changing your mind about God. You're changing your mind about yourself. You're renouncing your own fallen nature. You're renouncing the works of darkness in your life. You're renouncing everything you are. You're renouncing your dead works. You're renouncing religion. You're renouncing self-righteousness. And when you renounce everything that you are, then God can be who he is. Then God can be who he is. This is why Jesus preached, the time is fulfilled. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Repent. Repent and believe the gospel. So the word gospel simply means good news. What is the good news about the kingdom? Oh, my God, there's salvation in the kingdom. There's healing and deliverance in the kingdom. Come on, somebody. There is peace, joy, and holy goals in the kingdom. But Jesus said those things don't happen for us until we repent. We got to change the way we think. And as long as your mind is locked into chronos, you're always going to miss Kairos. You're always going to miss that manifestation of God. God comes when they want to come. I'll never forget this. How can I forget it? In 1992, we were living in a suburb of Atlanta, Georgia, and I had a vision of being in Raleigh, North Carolina. And that vision was reoccurring. It happened from time to time. But I never went to Raleigh, North Carolina. Never been to North Carolina at all. Even after that vision, God led us to St. Paul, Minnesota. I was pastoring a church in St. Paul, Minnesota. And after passing that church for some time in St. Paul, Minnesota, I got hired in a consulting firm, and they sent me to Cincinnati, Ohio. But Raleigh, North Carolina was still a reoccurring vision I was having. But I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio, 
few months in Cincinnati, Ohio, the firm promoted me to senior vice president to be over our Cleveland office. So they shipped me off to Cleveland. Still ain't went to Raleigh yet. See, it's, it's not based on my time. It's based on God's time. Hmm? So we're in Cleveland, Ohio. And after some time in Cleveland, Ohio, then I made a lateral move with the same firm and went back to Minnesota, went back to Woodbury, Minnesota. There in Woodbury for some time. And it kept repeating itself, this vision, North Carolina, North Carolina. So I told my wife, we're moving to North Carolina. We said that by faith, just moving to North Carolina. We flew into Charlotte. But I didn't know anything about North Carolina. Never been to North Carolina. So we flew into Charlotte. We were house hunting in Charlotte because Jeremiah was still in school. We were house hunting and visiting schools in Charlotte. And during our house hunting trip, we were there from Sunday to Saturday, I believe, we decided to visit a, a young man who was in my church when I pastored in Ohio. And this young man was now pastoring in Mebane, North Carolina. So we went to Mebane. We went to Mebane. But the vision was never about Mebane. It was always about Raleigh. We went to Mebane, and we saw what he was trying to accomplish in his church, so we made a commitment to him. We'll come, and we'll work with you for one year. One year. God is my judge. One year to the day, I got the call to come to Raleigh. And when he called me, the bishop said, where have you been? It's like you've fallen off the face of the earth. I've been looking everywhere for you. Come preach for us. Came preach for them. And then he appointed me to be senior pastor. That's how I got here to Raleigh. But it wasn't based on my time. It was based on God's time. And I'm telling you, no matter how long it takes, God is getting you ready. Had I come to North Carolina, when I first received the vision about North Carolina, I probably wouldn't have been ready for North Carolina. I may have come here and aborted the process. Things are done on God's time. Not my time. I just want to make sure I'm in the in right relationship with him. I want to make sure that my thinking is correct. That I've renounced the old man. I renounce the works of darkness. I renounce all those dead works, all that religion. I renounce everything that I was so that I can be who God wants me to be. So Jesus came and he says, the time is fulfilled. It's fulfilled. He was saying, I'm on God's time. And Paul bore that out in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, when Paul says, but when the, he's, what did Paul say? Paul says that when, Paul says that when the season had come for Jesus, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those that were under the law, that we might receive adoption as sons. Jesus had to come on time. Now, when Jesus came, the earth was filled with religion. 
not just Judaism, but all kind of religions. But when that fullness of time have come, when Kairos was come, not Kronos, but Kairos, when God's appointed time had come, when God's set time had come, that's when Jesus came. He was born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the bondage of the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. So Jesus came in the fullness of time, and the fullness of time was God being on time. God is never, never late. In the book of Daniel, in the book of Daniel, in chapter 9 of the book of Daniel, verse 24 to verse 27, you find where it was 539 years before Christ was even born, the prophet Daniel had already prophesied when the Messiah would come and when he would be crucified. 539 years prior. Now, this was Daniel prophesying, not man's time, but God's prophetic time. And I'm telling you, Jesus came on time according to the prophecy that God gave Daniel. Mm -hmm. Now, here's something interesting. Some of us feel like when things that happen, maybe God has forsaken us. Or maybe God is just being late. No, God is never late. Trains are late, buses are late, planes are late, but God's never late. God's never late. I researched the word late the other day in the King James Bible, and the word appears three times. But those three times, those words are translated henceforth or hitherto. Those words are never translated tardy, delayed, or delinquent. No. Why? God is never late. God is never delinquent. God is not a tardy God. He's always on time. He's not a, you know, sometimes we say we, we, we operate on CPT time. No, 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 no. God doesn't operate on CPT time. God operates on a set time. Israel, another good example. God delivered Israel out of Egypt. It was 11 days journey based on chronos. Based on chronos. You know, a duration of time, moments, minutes, hours, days, months, years. It was only 11 days journey. But it took Israel 40 years to get there. Why? Because 40 years was God's set time. Things happen when they're supposed to happen. Don't get discouraged because they haven't happened. What you ought to do is begin to look at yourself and say, Lord, have I repented? And sometimes you're not repenting over sin. You're repenting over the way you've been thinking. Do you hear what I'm saying? Our thinking becomes stinking thinking. God, is, you know, God is not a delivery boy who beckons to every call. God is the source. He is the source. And we are the sons. Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship. 
where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.